Welcome to the Primal Training Podcast. I'm your host, Mamoun Benani, a holistic fitness and nutrition coach. The goal of this podcast is to bring ancestral wisdom to the modern world by sharing insightful conversations with experts in movement, nutrition, and spirituality. I really hope to provide practical strategies to enhance your lives. Enjoy. What's up? Okay, we're here, we're live. Yes, sir. What's up, man? How are you? Doing good. How about yourself? Good, good. I'm, uh, I'm super excited for this. I, uh, I want to let the mystery, I didn't want to burn all the information you have to give last time we, we talked. So uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of super, super interesting information uh, for today. So I was, as I was saying, I, I put a, a quick introduction. Um, the best thing to uh, maybe describe what you do is talk maybe a, a little bit about your book. And I was saying like, about like how much there's a lot of information out there and sometimes it's tricky to leave the good information for the next generation. And that's what your book is actually doing is build your legacy. How do you leave a legacy? Uh, for your case, it was your children, but it's the children of everybody. So how, uh, how can you leave them the, 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 the wisdom and the information we've been having for many, many generations. So I, I, uh, I, I leave you, uh, I leave you the microphone and, and the, the, the one thing I wanted to like start this podcast is maybe like read the poem. There's a poem in the beginning of your book and I, I find it really beautiful and it, and it, it really resonates with me. So, uh, thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let's start with the poem. So I got the book here, so I'll read the poem mm -hmm. here. I'm not the best uh, public reader, but we'll go through it anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. So the poem's entitled, obviously it's called legacy. So mm -hmm. this one is for my legacy. I hope I leave enough good karma so you can be free. To be the man I only claim to be and share with the world your positive energy. You got to know that life is bigger than currency and always make time for the family. So no matter where you are, you're a priority. They're a priority. And even if you're alone, you're never a minority because confidence and self-love put you above the majority. Never trust leaders. Create your own hierarchy because there's false superiority in their authority. Don't ever be afraid to tell another story but know that finding yourself is the greatest discovery. Be careful not to sell your soul for victory. Do your best to operate with integrity. Try to see both sides of the coin, show dexterity, and be sure to keep a daily journal for mental clarity. The love of your family should never be based on salary, so celebrate with them and enjoy the hilarity. Follow your own path, vibrate at your own frequency, so you can add a brick to help build this legacy. Boom. beautiful thank you thank you yeah <laughs> yeah it, it, it really resonates with me and and it's a good um it kind of it's a conclusion of of all the things you've been uh putting in in your book um so for for those um i let you maybe introduce like what is uh what was the idea behind uh writing your book build your legacy and um, how this, how did your journey bring you into, uh, into putting this, this big project? It is a, it is a big project writing a book. Yeah. And it, and it was an accidental project. And I think sometimes that's the best thing when you do something by accident. So when my first son was born, um, one of the things that kind of hit me was the idea of how can, you know, God forbid if something happened, right. Or to my parents or to my girl's parents, like what are some of the 
the values and principles that we want our kid to have. Um, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, we, we naturally do this. Like we naturally have um, your grandparents say something or your mom always said something, your dad always said something growing up. And we hear this over and over again that we tend to tell our children. But over those years, things get lost in translation and we forget about things. And so my, my mm-hmm. idea was I want to write this down so that he can have it. So, again, if anything happens, he'll have this thing to read and look at and say, this is what we stand for as a family. This is what I represent and this is what I need to be, especially in today's society, because there's so much via social media. There's so much online. There's so much information and being bombarded with that they get lost and don't know what to listen to and what's right, what's wrong. So I wanted to have some kind of principles where, you know, between my mom and, and me we, or his mom and me, we can understand that like, this is what our family is going to stand for. So when he navigates as he grows older or whatever, he'll always have something to refer back to. So that's how it started when my first son was born. Then I kind of wrote out stories and things. After writing down the principles, I wrote a story to back each one uh, just to give it some relevance and how it impacted my life. And from there, I, I showed some of my friends. I was like, yo, you know, check this out. I have a, a men's group I had started a couple of years ago. And in my men's group, I shared you know, the values and principles and all the, the stuff in the book. And they were like, you got to make that a book for everybody. Like, you know, they wanted a copy of it and everything. So I was like, OK. Then my, I kind of put it on the back burner. And then when my second son came around, I was like, all right, we, we got to put this out. Um, so I linked up with a mm-hmm. friend of mine and she helped me get the publishing, do everything on Amazon. And we went online, we went to Fiverr, we got artists for the cover and everything. And so that's why on the cover you see the, uh, there's 18 bricks that represent each principle of the book. And then this one on okay. top would be the last one and then my kids are are to build the rest of it right so it's leaving that last brick on top and they will now go and build from there so everything ties down to building a legacy and the family coming together to move forward and leave some kind of lasting mark whether it be on the world or just with people you run into people like yourself people you meet it everyone can relate to it and i think everyone can enjoy it and it can help them whether they have a family or they're doing it by themselves or you know, they're just a mentor, coach. It just helps uh, put things in perspective or in a box on how to move forward from whatever they're doing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really key now. Um, we're as you're saying, we're bombarded with with too much information, and we don't know what to, what to pick from. And uh, and people are confused. We were confused about the values, about the thing we should be doing, and uh, and and we're kind of lost. Sometimes we need more simplicity. And, and just keeping things simple, like what are uh, the things you need to do now and what are the things you need to focus on and prioritize uh, uh, all these things. So that, that's why I really loved your book. It's not, it's not like anything complicated. It's just the simple things, uh, things that we might have heard before, but uh, having it written down uh, like one after the other, principle after principle, it kind of it's good to visualize them uh, and remind them about this um, this these values. Um, so so yeah so so writing this book, uh, I think you mentioned to me like you went into a, a process of like uh, putting it. It's like everyone in the family kind of participated in in writing these values. It's something that you wanna. Uh, it, so is it the wisdom of your um, of your parents and grandparents and like everyone in the family you wanna kind of channel it into into something uh that you can give to to the next generation so so tell us about the the process of of, of writing this uh, these principles yeah so 
what it started with some of it was uh like I actually sat down with my parents, my girl and my brother and actually had them write out index cards certain values and principles they wanted, you know, my son or you know, their offspring, you know, ancestry to have. Um and some of it was just in conversation, like talking to my girl's parents, I would ask certain questions or talking to my grandparents. You hear these things again, the stuff that comes over and over again, but you don't have to get too complicated with it. It was like, what's something my grandma always says? Mm. What's something her grandma always says? And taking those things and they're just writing them down into a simple principle or, or just a phrase that encompasses all of that. And I feel like one of the things that we wanted to do, because a lot of people, we talk about genetics being passed down. You talk about hair color, you talk about eye color, you talk about height, weight, the way someone looks. Oh, they look like their grandma. But we don't talk about characteristics that are passed down. We rarely talk about, oh, that's the same way your grandpa thought. That's the same way your grandma would think. You act just like this person. So we rarely mm -hmm. really dive into the other stuff that's passed down through genetics. And so I feel like this will give my kids, if they start to kind of, maybe they encompass a certain characteristic from my grandmother or my girl's grandmother. Now they can see in the book like, oh, okay, that makes sense that my lineage, this person acted this way and this is why I may have these ideas in my head and it gives them something to feel comfortable mm. so, so they don't feel so alienated. I think too often we feel alone in this world. We feel like we're the only ones who think this way. We feel like we're the only ones who feel this way. We think it's all on us and it's not. We're all in this together. We all mm. have these ideas and, and these values and it's important that we share it so that our story and, and one of the principles in theirs, don't be afraid to tell another story. You can learn from another person's story. You know, you can help other people by sharing your story. And that's really what the book, I, I feel, encompasses it uh, for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it, is, it, it is important to, uh, to have an idea of the lineage. And especially, like, you, you might be thinking the same thing. We're lacking role models. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and people look for the, for the wrong ones. And um, I think that's why, like, uh, in many, uh, maybe, like, difficult, neighbor, uh, difficult neighborhoods, like, people would... Uh, would join gangs or they would go to uh to find someone they look up to and uh it's not always the the right person to to have as a model and it's i think it is important to uh to have i mean to have people people that uh that have these values and and like i can't I, you can't blame these people that they go for the wrong models because yeah. they just they just can't find the good ones um do, do you think there's a problem with with role models uh uh in this yeah. age, at least. Yeah, there's a huge problem. I think we, we place this worship on celebrities, right? Like, I was just watching the Tiger Woods documentary, which is great. Last night, we watched the Britney Spears one. And you, you see how people mm -hmm. idolize these, these celebrities. We idolize these people. And we, we place all this stuff on them. And even parents, like, look at that person. Be more like them. And we rarely look at our kids and say, be more like yourself. Like, be you. Find what makes you tick, rather than searching for these ideals and someone else. It's like you need to, to stop trying to find it somewhere else and discover it within yourself. And I feel like we're, we're pushing these role mm. models again, celebrities, and now the marketing teams and the algorithms and all this have figured out what we're gonna click on, what we're gonna wanna see more of. So they just feed us that. So it's not someone being authentic, but a lot of celebrities, a lot of it is them just playing to a role that we said society wants you to be the good girl. So play the good girl role. Society wants you to be the bad boy, play that. And we, we place these labels on people and then they feed that because that gets more clicks, more likes, more whatever. And we 
rarely look at our mm -hmm. friends or significant others and say, what do you stand for? Like, what do you believe in? I know what the celebrity does. I know what the star athlete does. I know what the politicians think, but I want to know what you think and what's your own opinion. I feel not enough people have confidence in themselves to say, this is what I believe and this is what I stand for. And one of the quotes I've always heard as I've grown up was, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And I think that's why as a culture, mm. we're slowly collapsing because we're falling for all these false narratives because we don't believe in anything ourselves. And whether it be religion to mm -hmm. save you, I didn't want my kids to just have religion. I want them to have their own thing. And so that's what the book was, again, based on is here's your own thing. Here's your role models, our parents and our grandparents. Those should be your role models and model your life after that, not after what, um, I don't know, LeBron James or um, Kim Kardashian is doing. You know, like don't model yourself after them. Model yourself after people who come before you and you stand for your own person. And in this society where everyone's trying to fit in, you have the confidence, hopefully, and the ability to be yourself and stand out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, stand out is a key word. And it, it, two weeks ago, I was speaking with someone you know, uh, Alejandra Diaz. Yeah. Uh, yes. She's your student, huh? Or you work together? No, so she took the Animal Flow program. I don't know if I taught her directly, but I'm one of the master okay. instructors for Animal Flow. So we met through the uh, Animal Flow community. And she's awesome. Oh. She's, I love her yeah. book as well. Yeah, well, like we were, we were speaking about, she was t talking about the power of contrast and she was saying how uh, nowadays people are not uh, taking any strong opinions and, and we're just like all kind of in a gray zone where no one really think anything like strongly enough. And I w it was something that I was afraid of for a long time because I was thinking like, you can't be radical in your, in your thought because you, because I always been afraid of, uh, of the conflict, so I don't want to have mm. these strong opinions. But she kind of changed my mind in a way that uh, it is important to have this contrast because that's what actually is building anything. And, and having a contrast and having discussion, talking uh, through different lenses kind of make the, the world we live in now. It's just as male and female, that's how, that, that, that's how, <laughs> that's how we reproduce. And, and we need this, uh, this contrast. And, and I think, you cannot have uh, these strong opinions and this strong contrast if you, if you do not let people uh, believe fully in something and having um, think like like really believing in in some uh, morals or or values or anything like that. And unfortunately, um, like nowadays, if you don't give your kids uh, these values. Um, some people would be against like giving giving values to your children because oh you can't like uh, tell them exactly what to think but if you don't do it someone else is going to do it for you it's going to be the television it's going to be the internet it's going to be uh, rap music it can be anything else and it's better to do it now and with the values you think are right for your children and it just remind me this conversation that i had with her and it's it is important to have uh, opinions yeah, it definitely is. And that's why um, Principle 11 in the book uh, says their comfort is none of your concern. And I felt the same way you did, where I was not scared, but I was like, I would bite my tongue in certain situations because I didn't want to make other people uncomfortable. So if you do that, you tend to then do things that, that go against your character just so you make everyone in the room feel good and not feel awkward. And now as you get older and, and you get more solid and more mature, you start to, if something doesn't align with my values and principles, I'm just not going to be a part of it. So I'm comfortable leaving a party or leaving a, a, a situation or just not putting myself in a situation, being able to say no. Like, 
you know, I'm sorry it makes you uncomfortable with I'm saying no, but what you want to do, I just don't either have time for or it goes against my values and principles. And I think that that's important to have that because we can't make everyone comfortable. Even writing the book, I'm sure as people read it and say it's terrible. I'm sure that's people who, who think I'm a, I'm a complete fraud and I'm full of it or whatever. And that's fine. That's their opinions and their perspective and whatever their life story led them to be that way is cool. It's not, it has nothing to do with me. I just have to live my truth. Um, and I think that we all have to live our truth and we can, we can disagree and that's okay. I think when it gets to the point where it's violent and people are fighting and trying to kill each other, that's a, now you're forcing your opinion on someone else. Like we can have a difference of opinion mm -hmm. and still be friends and go our, go our separate ways and have a happy life. When I try to make you believe what I believe, that becomes an issue and vice versa. So I think it's important that, you know, you have your stuff, but don't force it on the people. I'm not forcing people mm. to buy the book. If they want to, they can, you know, it's fun. But if not, that's cool too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, interesting. Um, I was going to ask you something. So can you take us um, like maybe a few years back? Uh, what was your wake up goal in, in all of this that you're doing now? Was there something that triggered you? Uh, into wanting to leave your legacy uh, and into wanting to, to do all this project? Like, what, what was your journey or your maybe hero journey? Because this is the last step of your hero journey because you, you, you're sharing the message with, with other people. So can you take us back into maybe the full circle of your hero journey? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I would think it started with... Um, like when I started discovering self-help books and like motivational speeches, like I really got wrapped up in that, like watching people on YouTube and, and I would download stuff. And as I drove, I would listen to a motivational speech in the car and all this like rah, rah, like cheerleader type stuff. And that led me, if you read the book, it led me to take on way too much. Like I was so motivated. I, I can do everything. I could change the world today. And I went out and I started burning myself out because I was trying to go too far and do too much to the point where I was getting like almost anxiety attacks where I had like, because I had six jobs at the time. So it was like, everything was going. I'm just like, I forgot mm -hmm. to do this. I need to do this. And I was chasing my tail every morning and I was just burning the candle at both ends. And I realized that my personal mm -hmm. life wasn't the way I wanted and things weren't going the way I wanted or envisioned my life going. And I think once the, honestly, the turning point was once I started finding what my voice was, and, and I think sometimes it's necessary to follow or listen to other people's voice until you find your own. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of, you know, confabulate your own thing off of what they've already had. And so I've started finding my own voice and how I wanted to deliver my voice and how I wanted to deliver my message. And then my, when my girl got pregnant, that was like the, 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 the catalyst. That was the final thing that's like, okay, now I have to really write it down and I have to get it together so he he gets the right message because, you know, I feel when people have kids too young, you notice that they're trying to discover themselves as they're trying to raise a kid at the same time. And sometimes that can be conflicting because, well, you mm. used to say this, now you're saying this and you didn't have because you were still growing yourself. I know friends who had kids when they were 17. Like, that's difficult because you're finding yourself at the same time you're trying to train this other future adult to live in this society. Well, you don't even know how to live in society, right? So mm. for me, it was like, I have these ideas. Let me be proactive, write it down. So no matter what happens, I can always refer back to the book. And it forces me to then abide by these principles too, because I can't say something that I'm not willing to do myself. So my son at some point will be able to turn this right around at me and use my own words against me, which 
uh, it's going to be interesting when that does happen. Um, but I felt like that was the thing that having the kid at that age and at the same time, I kind of found my own voice. I really had to write it down before I lost the energy or lost the enthusiasm to put it all together. Mm. And and what were the hurdles hurdles that you had along the way? I'm sure it wasn't a, an easy journey. Like you might have like uh, objections and uh, <laughs> I think telling you it's stupid or crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I the, the hurdles are us, like our own self, our own non-belief. And that's why it was funny because while I'm writing a principle and the same back of my mind, part of me is like, no one's going to read this. No one's going to care. Why am I doing this? Right. And you have this self-doubt. And I think we all have that self-doubt. We have that voice that tells us either we're not good enough or no one's going to care or this isn't good. But while writing those principles, I have to, again, it forces me to then abide by them. Um, mm. So those were the hurdles. And, and the hard part about writing, too, is you have these moments, for me anyway, as a writer, there's moments of like, I can write 10 pages and then there's days where there's nothing coming to me. So it was that was a hurdle, too, because you have to get in the groove to kind of write, for me anyway. And it's not always there. The inspiration is not always there. The motivation is not always there, especially editing, going back and looking at it again. Like the motivation to read through it again is like, I don't want to do this. So you had to kind of have to force yourself to to go back and, and read it again and go through it again. So it, it was written over almost, almost two and a half years ago. And it just came out uh, a couple months ago. So it's, you know, that's a long process. And most of us give up halfway through. So it was important mm. to kind of keep seeing it all the way through. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's well said. It's us. We're, uh, I mean, even if it comes from the outside at the end of the day, the day you're the gatekeeper and you're the one who decides if you want to let these uh, objections coming in or if you want to stop them or, or you deal with them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people just, they just follow the wave and whatever <laughs> takes them, they just live with it and they don't take the time to uh, really think about all these uh, things that are coming from the outside and... Uh, and just like put a stop sign, don't get in. I don't want this to, uh, mm -hmm. to interrupt whatever I'm doing. So, uh, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's good to know that uh, at the end of the day, whatever, whatever is going to stop you is um, you, you decide. You're, you're the one who in control with uh, your time, uh, what you're doing and with your project. And well, good. that's why it's important to have a, a tight circle. I feel like having a tight-knit circle of friends because once they improve, like if you have your, let's say your top five or top ten people that like, if they say yes, then everything's a go, right? And so I have a good mm -hmm. network of friends, a good network with my family. So once they say something's good, I don't care what anyone else says. Like after the book came out, my mom was like super proud and she was happy. Uh, my girl was super happy about it and super proud. So like once those two and then seeing my son look at it and go, oh, daddy wrote that book. Daddy wrote that book. Like having mm. that made whatever else happens with it, it really doesn't matter. Honestly, it's like that was what it was made for and so if it grows and, and does well great but if only these people find joy and find value in it then it was worth the effort and the time that was put into it and it's important mm -hmm. to keep that in mind i'm not looking to be you know new york times bestseller and be the greatest author in history it's like this was made to help the people who who want it and when they're ready to hear the information it's there and it's out so i don't have to worry about in the back of my mind i gotta write this i gotta write this i gotta write this it's completed and now I can move on to the next projects. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think you mentioned that, so having a tight circle and having like, just like people you trust in your circle and uh, not worry about anyone outside, uh, outside of that. that. That is 
that is something important and I feel that during the I mean at least for me during the COVID um mm. like I I I had to restrict myself to a, to a limited number of people and that was uh I I mean it was difficult because you uh I used to like like being around people and doing stuff and being outside and and all of that but at the same time I've learned a lot because I I'm now I know who are people people that are around me and they've been all supporting me a lot in in the project that I'm doing and uh that's one of the good things uh oh there's many good things uh, that happened with with these changes uh, the past months but uh, it was one of the one of these things yeah so so guys uh, next question i had um so i mean you have you have this book uh with all these principles and uh how how would anyone like how would people like a new father or someone who who's thinking of having having kids like how how can you apply these principles in uh uh in a uh, like concretely like how how would you implement them and what are the ways you would recommend to someone uh, to actually give them this uh this advice or, and these tips besides like reading the book um is there is there right. any any advice you can give yeah 100% so the the number one advice and if you look at the the last chapter the last chapter of the book is now it's your turn and what that means is whoever the reader is it's up to them to create their own principles yeah sure you can take these and and implement them in your life but i think it's important that everyone writes their own because i don't know what your family used to say i don't know what your grandparents mom dad uncles sisters cousins i don't know what your family stands for so you know the point of the book is 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 more to spark an idea within someone to create their own principles And so if someone's reading this let's say a new parent or someone who's going to be a coach of a team or someone's going to be whatever they're going to do write down your principles that way you have something to refer back to. So for me personally what we've done is we have these principles on a board in our kids room. Mm-hmm. So we can look at it and say, "Hey, we this is, you know, principle number 1, whatever." And we reiterate it and constantly say it to our kids. So on the way to school, like I'll tell my son how are you going to treat people today? And he'll say, you know, the way they want to be, you know, the way I want to be treated. What does yes mm-hmm. mean? Yes means yes. What does no mean? No means no, right? So you start implementing these in your speech when you talk to your children. Mhm. And then eventually they it starts they may not fully understand it yet, but you're ingraining that pattern similar to movement or training, like you're ingraining a movement or a motor pattern, you're ingraining an, an idea in their head. And so as they get older, then they can fully understand it later on. But right now it's just you're just trickling it in so they they understand how to be a good person. So that's one if you can write down your principles and kind of always say it to your kids in speech whenever a principle comes up and they make a mistake, that's a perfect time to say all right now why didn't we do this? Why don't you want to do that, right? Like so my son like he'll push his little brother and I'll say like do you want him to push you? No, because we treat people the way you want to be treated. So you don't do it to him if you don't want it done to you, right? Like those moments are very simple mm. to start to get the idea um so having that stuff written down for your children the second thing and i think probably more important than anything is to exi- to be the living example of it and so when it comes to right. children and family and, and if you're a coach or any kind of leadership position they always say more is caught than taught so you'll catch mm-hmm. the ideas of the person and whatever they do you'll you'll see it and you'll mirror it more than you're going to even if i preach it right if i say don't drink don't drink don't drink and i'm sipping beers all day long my example mm. is terrible right you're going to end up doing what i do because 
for many reasons, but one that's really important is this mirror neurons in our brain. So we're going to mirror what we see all the time. So what we feed ourselves and what we see, we tend to then mirror and do. So it's important mm. that you become the example. Like I don't walk in the house and screaming at the kids. There's always a lot of smiling, a lot of hugging, you know, a lot of cuddling, a lot of just positive energy for the children to feel so that that's what then they're going to mirror. So when people around the kids, they go, wow, these kids are very happy kids because we raise mm. them in a happy environment. Yes, there's times we yell, there's times we put them in timeout. All that's necessary. But if you write down the principles, you constantly reiterate them to your children or your mentees or the person you're coaching your students that you're teaching. And if you live the example, I think those two things will really help you solidify the principles and pass them on in the proper manner. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and this is something that I have seen um, from, from my part in my family. Like my parents were not really vocal about uh, emotions, really shy about emotions and how, uh, how to leave like the, like any values, it was more of the way they were living. And that's what I picked on. Uh, and many great values that I took from my parents, uh, none of them were actually like uh, told vocally. And, um, and I feel it's something that was passed on to me in the way I, uh, I teach my, my, my clients and, and the way I, I, I'm with everyone around me because it was one of the values that was passed on is I, I never try to tell people what to do or, uh, or tell them they're wrong or I, I just leave and I, I just try to be as much as possible the, the best person I can be and, and work as much as I can on myself. And thankfully, and it, it brings on some people around me and they, uh, they like what I do and it inspires them to, uh, to get better and, and maybe move more, or eat better. And I find it's like such a powerful tool. Uh, you, can, you can read as, ma as many books as you want to read or uh, like go to experts and being told by doctors to, to change your life. But at the end of the day, if the doctor is overweight and, and stressed <laughs> and not sleeping, you, there's no way you want to believe what he's saying because you want mm -hmm. someone who looks like healthy and happy and smiling. And, and then you're told like he, he must be on something good. He must know what he's talking mm -hmm. about. And that's what I, I try to do uh, in everything that I do. It's just be um there's a saying that goes by like be the silent teacher and the best teacher is the silent teacher you just you just live by your words and your values and and at the end of the day you inspire a lot a lot of people and i yeah, think and that, uh, that also yeah, that yeah. also makes it easier right because if it's in your character and your nature to be a certain way it's easy to sustain that because then you just have to be yourself if you create mm -hmm. this character that everyone gets to see and you create this false narrative and this mask that you show society then you have to maintain that and keep that up because the second mm -hmm. they see the real you they're going to be like oh that person's not this so it's important to be authentic because that's easy to carry around and you can just be every time someone meets you i'm not sure if you met people online and then see them in person and sometimes they're like wait you're not like this guy i've just been watching on youtube or instagram yeah and so i get from people sometimes and i'm not nowhere near any kind of celebrity status but some people I meet at workshops or trainings, they're like, wow, you're just like you are on Instagram or whatever. And it's like, what did you expect? Like, that's a compliment in their eyes, but in mine, I'm like, who are you yeah. following that people have been lying to you about the character, <laughs> the, the person that they are, right? So I think that makes it yeah. easier, you know, to sustain sustainability in your characters because that's who you are, your essence, your true self. The other thing I think is the law of vibration. 
right? So if you vibrate a certain frequency, people are going to be attracted to you. So those of lower frequency may be attracted and those of the same frequency, they're going to want to kind of vibrate with you. So I think that's important too, that you be the person that you want to attract. And then it just naturally starts to happen mm. instead, of, instead of forcing it to happen. Exactly. I totally agree. Yeah. Cool. I'll, and the, my, my next question is, uh, so do you think that there's been a change in the way uh, we pass on our legacies? Like maybe like, let's say a thousand years ago, like I'm all about like ancestral wisdom yeah. and uh, kind of dig into the way we used to live a uh, thousand, hundreds of thousand years ago and try to incorporate it in, in this, in this age. Uh, so do you think there's been a change in the way we pass on legacies? Is it uh, better or worse or how, how, what's your intuition? So my intuition is telling me, and that's why, again, why the book came out, is that we've completely lost the ability to pass down legacy. Um, you know, again, with social media and everything, people are, are trying to be like those who are most popular, right? Where back in the day, it was like you compared yourself to your neighbors. So you went outside and you were like, hey, I drive a Toyota Camry, and this person drives a Honda Civic, and this person drives this, and you compared yourself to people in your, in your circle. And, and naturally, whatever area you were in was the same kind of economic growth. So you compared your successes to those to the right and left of you. Now people are comparing themselves to someone in another country, someone who may be royalty, someone who may be whatever. Like we're comparing ourselves to these, these outrageous situations. So I feel mm. like people are having a hard time leaving a legacy because it's like, well, what do we stand for? If, if the entire world's saying that it's all about economic growth and making more money and you live in a poor household, then you want to get the heck out of there and you want to be rich. You want to be wealthy, not realizing that maybe there's so many lessons and, and so much stuff that your parents can teach you. You think they're wrong just because they don't have a, a Bentley or a Mercedes, right? Mm -hmm. So you think you don't want to listen to them anymore because in your eyes, in the eyes of soul society, they're not doing well. Meanwhile, they may have some great values and principles and be a hardworking family and be doing well. You just don't realize it. So I think right. we're, we're, we're losing that. And again, that's why I think the book's important and writing it down is important for you and whatever people's family. It's important to write it down and say, this is what we stand for. And this is how we pass this down. I think passing down stories is important. Mm. Um, again, passing out any kind of literature, any kind of books. Um, talking to your kids about this stuff. Like we, as parents, sometimes we don't talk about, hey, this is how your grandma was. Let me tell you some stories about your uncle. Let me tell you stories about, we don't share these stories. We kind of shield our kids from this, good, bad, or indifferent. We shield them. And so that they don't even know where they come from. Like we're not sharing our ancestry yeah. with our killed children. And it's not going to be taught yeah. in school, you know, because in schools, you know, the victors get to write history. So you're not hearing mm. where your family came from. You're hearing what this is, the school wants you to learn. So it's important that we share, share, share with our children and take that time to tell them, hey, this is where you're from. You know, like my parents came from Puerto Rico and they were very poor when they started out. My children will know that this is how we started our foundation and that you've been gifted. You've been blessed with a little, a little better situation than when we started and for them to understand that. So I think it's important that we share with our kids, again, write down stories and have that information, that wisdom we can pass down. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. I mean, stories, uh, they, they're lost. Um, like if you think maybe like thousands of years ago, uh, we all had like stories, like uh, fireside stories uh, mm -hmm. that you would tell your kids, uh, mythology, uh, myths, and all 
any anything that's like uh, out of this world like heroes or uh, that what inspires kids and nowadays we're like so much in this scientific based like really uh left brain environment that we're we're losing sight of anything that's uh that's like not logical and and that's why people like, like kids like that's why they love like all the heroes and all the movies and hollywood mm -hmm. movies because it inspires them and if you don't as, as we were saying if you don't teach them about these stories they're going to look for the ones that, that are in hollywood and and on tv on yeah. uh internet and all of that so uh so yeah it is important to uh to tell your story not someone else's story yeah and that's what i think brings me to like creativity and i always tell my kids like when they have some imagination thing or my son's being creative, we, we foster it more and go, yeah, that's cool. Tell me more about that. Like he'll make up stories and we'll go, yeah, what else happened? What else? What else? It's never like, ah, oh, that's corny. Why would you talk about that? You want to encourage the creativity because to me, creativity is king. And that's where the next wave of society comes from, right? That's where the Apples and the Mark Zuckerbergs and whoever, these people were creative. They created something. And that's where the value really is in the creativity. So we want to force that because a lot of times, again, I'm not knocking school. I, I teach at a college, so I'm, I'm well in the education system. But we mm. tend to, to educate our kids out of creativity. We tend to say, well, yeah, that's great, but learn math, learn science, learn the solid stuff. Don't go into the arts. And I think the arts are really where the future is because that's, you know, an artist had to see all these things. Think about paintings. They would painting with all these dots and all this stuff before people knew what molecules and atoms were. Mm -hmm. So I think art is always kind of ahead of where we can logically understand. So I think the art kind of, it's like a, it's like a circle, right? They all kind of feed each other, but I think mm. our kids are, our kids are losing their creativity and the art. And I think we need to push that more and pump that more into them so they can be yeah. more a more balanced society. Yeah, exactly. We need both. We need, we need the creative people, and we need the more conservative ones. I think it's Jordan Peterson who talks about it, about like how in um, all like in the Silicon Valley, you have all the, the ones that started the big projects are all the creative ones, right brain, like more mm -hmm. crazy-ish uh, kind of people. But like three, four years after they started the business, they can't run it. They need like yeah. more conservative people that are like more organized and they, uh, they grow it to, a, to another level. But we need, as a society, we need to... Uh, have this contrast of different uh, mentalities and and we need to work together not to say that if you're like if you support this candidate if you're in this political party or if you think this or that we're different no we well, i mean we are different in some way but at the end of the day we need to work together because that's how we create a solid society and yeah. uh yeah yeah and that's how the book came together right like I'm the I'm in my mind I'm more of a creative person. I like to create and put things out, but I'm not the follow up guy. Like to follow up and get things in order and everything, that's really not my strong point. My strong points put me in front of a thing and I'll be creative and help it grow. But then mm -hmm. to to stay with that is hard for me. I lose interest and I want to go on something else. So like again with the mm. book, if, if it weren't for my from one of my clients, Stacy, who helped me edit the book, she went in and she did proofreading and editing. And then my friend Louisa, who helped me with the book to actually put it out, she gave me deadlines and she was like, I need this by this date. And now I'm working on the audio book. I'm working with another friend from uh, the UK. Um, and she's telling me, you got to get this mic and you need to record this amount of day. So these people are helping me 
to get my creativity out there. But without them, I would still have this written in my in my journal and it won't go anywhere. Right. So I like yeah. to your point, I needed these other people to really help me put this together. So it's a team effort. It's not just all me doing it myself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get it. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the right kind of in the right spot. I'm like all over the place. I'm like, well, I'm do all these things, but it's uh, at the end of the day, yeah, you have you have to work with other people. You can't go on your own. No, and even for you, like doing this podcast and do these things, like you could be the one maybe reaching out to your friends and people to be on, and then find someone maybe to edit, find someone to mm. set up other things, and then as you as it gets a little bit bigger then you get more people on board, you know, and it, and, it, and it grows a little more or you find another project, you know, and it's, it all depends on what, what starts to work for you. I'm a, I'm all about, you know, aiming at different things and whatever starts to kind of work well, I'll focus a little more on that. But I like having a lot of things going on at once. I don't like being just one thing at a time. I just, that's not the way I work. You know, some people yeah. do and that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm, I'm digging this conversation, but I think we're, we're going to start uh, uh, wrapping it up. Um, so, so one of the questions that I ask at the end of the podcast is, um, so waking up this morning when you woke up, was there anything that you were really grateful for? There's like one thing um, that, that you felt like really grateful for having in your life? Um, this morning particularly because it was my morning with the kids. So me and my girl alternate. Um, but it was interesting you say that because this morning in particular, it's, it's so strange that you just said this. Because <laughs> I walked into my son's room and he was sitting up in his crib. And he's like, he's at the stage now he's rocking because he's learning to crawl. He's uh, eight months. Mm -hmm. And I woke up and, um, and he's sitting there and he like looks up at me. And for like that split second, it was like the most, joyful moment ever like it was just mm. i was exhausted it's 6 a.m you know i didn't want to be up but like he looks up and he like kind of smiles and it was like just that split second like you're just blessed to be able to be in the house and wake up with your kid there. there's a lot of people like a friend of mine's in the military you know he travels a lot so he doesn't see his kids as much um so mm. being able to be in the same house in the same space as them to me like that's like that's such a blessing to be around, you know? And again, a lot of people are whatever, for whatever circumstances, they can't wake up in the same house as their children. For mm -hmm. me, it was like that moment. I was just grateful to be in the house just to be there. So that was my like, and it's weird you say that because I normally don't think that no more. Ah. This morning, it kind of hit me. <laughs> same vibration, huh? Yeah, there you go. Same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful, really beautiful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, my next question is, what was your, best mistake you've ever done best mistake i've ever done hmm. that's a tough one there's been so many mistakes um and all led down different paths i think the um i think the best mistake i've ever done is is get into excessive debt really early in life um mm -hmm. when, I, when i first started my business i took out a cash advance on a credit card and i was i was like 30 30-some thousand dollars in debt, like without student loans. That wasn't including student loans. That was on my wow. own trying to build this business. And yeah, I get cash here and, and they're, they're loaning me money and I had a good credit score. And then all of a sudden, like all the debt piled up and I couldn't pay a lot of it back. And mm -hmm. so I had to like work, work like super hard to get out of that. And I realized that managing your debt is so important. Um, 
because and then obviously instead of the money I made, instead of going to make more money, it went to paying off all the excessive debt I got into. So yeah. I think it's important for me. It made me really be a little bit smarter. I'm still kind of wild with money, but it made me be a little bit smarter to like, all right, I can't get so far out of debt where I can't catch up. I need to have a, a nice ratio where it's enough debt where I can handle and I can still save. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't start saving now, and that's, again, something I teach my kids, my dad taught me, you got to save some money for the future. You know, they say my financial planner told me, uh, plan the divorce before the marriage. So mm -hmm. save the money, plan the retirement before you go out and start splurging. So you know your money's in different boxes and you can come back from it. So that was the biggest right. one that helped me out. Uh, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I really loved uh, talking to you, man. It was great. Um, if if people want to reach out to you, know more about what you do, uh, would Instagram be the the best place is there uh, any place you would suggest yeah honestly instagram is probably the best place uh, you can email me philosophy at gmail.com um the book's on amazon so you guys can check it out the the link to purchase on amazon is in my bio so if you see me on instagram mm -hmm. f-l-o-o underscore fitness you can click on there great. the link's in there you can get the ebook at the paperback and the audiobook is coming soon great perfect well thanks uh, thanks chris really appreciated this conversation uh I'm so honored to have you on my show and uh and yeah, we stay in touch. Thanks man. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Take care, buddy.